0: Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome, welcome to our next interview. I'm excited today because not only are you going to be talking about something that I think is super tasty myself, but we're going to be talking about, you know, running a business. We're going to talk about running a business from a woman's perspective, which is something near and dear to my heart, but also talking about kind of what inspires people to create businesses. And I always love to kind of talk about that topic. And today is going to be a really, really great session because we're going to be visited by Tal. And Tal's going to be telling us about her business. She's going to be telling us about Fun Sesame. And the reason why I'm excited about hearing a little bit about Fun Sesame is because... Not only are we going to be talking a little bit about food today, the vegan experience and entrepreneurship kind of all wrapped together, but I really love the messaging of Fun Sesame. The idea of how things can be simply enhanced, how many of us can enhance our plates with something like tahini and also how many of us in the U.S. can maybe see tahini differently. For many of us, you know, we have our staples that we use and we'll talk about this before our conversation, we were talking about how, you know, many of us use ketchup on everything or hot sauce on everything, but many of us as vegans have maybe tiptoed into the world of... Tahini and started to use it. So I'm hoping that our guest today will educate us a little bit on Tahini, what we should be doing, what we should be trying, how can we open up our minds and also how really Tal decided to create this business, build this business and share with us her journey. So Tal, thank you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so glad that you have you here today.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here, Steph. Thank you very much for inviting me.
0: Absolutely. So (laughs) before we dive into the business and all that good stuff, let's give everyone a little bit of background. Let's break down number one, maybe a little bit about your background, a little bit about your vegan journey and how that maybe inspired you to start the business. And then we'll dive into the business itself and also the beautiful, wonderful world of tahini.
1: Yes, the beautiful, wonderful world. So a little bit about myself. I grew up in In the Middle East, a small country named Israel, uh, where being vegan, I'm like, I'll tap into that. It's pretty easy. By the way, Israel has the biggest population per capita uh, of vegans. The reason I'm saying it's pretty easy is because we use in the entire Middle East, right? We use crops like, you know, lentils, like legumes, like veggies, or even uh, uh, fruits, in many ways, right? Not just cut them and, and dip them in something, but in so many ways. So for me, it was uh, inspiration. I actually grew up eating meat, eating animals, unfortunately, but since I grew up to a poor family, you know, it was not that accessible. So of course, uh, mom needed to find uh, more accessible things, easier to, to create, or even rather say uh, cheaper. Right. So legumes and lentils were the number one um, options. Uh, things like tahinis, like you mentioned before, or hummus uh, and other type of um, uh, mixes. So that's uh, that. And I started uh, Fun Sesame's a little bit more than three years ago. Actually, of course, COVID hit uh, me being <laughs> me being uh, with kids, uh, three kids at Zoom. But I started that. Maybe two months, Stephanie, Maybe two months really? before before COVID hit. Yeah, oh, I, that had to hit hard. <laughs> I remember going to my friend has a beautiful coffee place and giving tasting. You know, giving the t- uh, to people to try tasting people. It was students, right? They like food, free foods. They are, they're all coming over and and and, uh, and uh, kind of like looking what's up. Asking them a little bit about oh how this spicy is it too spicy how is this creaminess like is it too salty etc. Doing few of those focus events having people in my house and then COVID hit so I luckily had the opportunity to hear you know some live live feedback right like from uh, real people in front of my eyes uh, trying the tahini and then um, had uh, all three kids in Zoom at home. And building that, I took it. Ad- I, I want to say that I took advantage of that uh, time to kind of like to make you know to become even more expert and to look okay. for those you know for the, the those farmers to have uh, firsthand um, in touch with the farmers uh, because we were looking for a specific type of tahini mm-hmm. and the lemon juice to be more local, etc. So it was a good experience in the sense that you know I didn't had to rush into create that. If sometimes as an entrepreneur, you feel like, okay, I have an idea. When can I sell it? Like, it. Coming at, <laughs> Who's coming and running there to sell it? So for me, it was like, okay, do a little bit more R&D here um, to take advantage of this time after getting a lot of uh, feedback from the students, from friends, family, etc. So,
0: And I love that. I just want to jump in because I think for a lot of us, when we start our businesses, you know, our businesses are like in our heads. And we have the concept and idea, but there's a whole nother world out there when you start to expose like potential customers and people who would buy your products or refer your products, you know, expose your idea to them, especially in a situation like this, where they're tasting and giving you feedback, it can help you really shape your business in a whole different way. It can really give you different perspective and sometimes even reassure you on things that you thought that you did have in your head. So true.
1: Yeah. I've been I've been in the food industry a little bit more than ten years, after having my uh, second child. Um, so you know, for me, I kind of like knew what I'm getting into, not food, right, uh, with a new product and etc. But I knew that I needed to one on one hand, like you're saying, you like you want to jump already, and that's the best way to learn, at least for myself, to just to jump and and to do it, then to tweak a little bit here and there, flavors, colors, etc but on the other hand you need to to understand what other people are really thinking because for me and and you touch into uh, uh, about it like uh, a little bit earlier for me Tahini was like duh like of course uh, like <laughs> what do you mean like it's a it's like a, as if I'll tell you ketchup right like but try to explain ketchup to uh, someone who's coming from a different planet right like what it's like a pasty red thing etc so for me, it was like that. And then people were like, didn't even know how to read that. Like they, they were like Tahi, tahini, you know, stuff like that. I remember doing demos, doing the sampling, like we were saying. And then I told him that my name is Tao. And then he saw the tahini on the on the lid, you know, I wrote down with my uh, uh, name. And he was saying, that's so awesome that you're putting, you're calling the sauce your name. Like you're, you're having- Oh, your it's like a version of it. Yeah. So, So I was like, it took me a few minutes to understand how much people have no idea what I'm talking about. They like the product, they enjoy that, but you know, you need to leave so much impression and education before having that person go in the store, pausing for a few seconds, and you don't have a few seconds in the store, right? You usually grab, you go to, you know, where you're going and you know what you're about to grab, and then grabbing that and give it a try. So... That was my main, you know, like big deal of kind of like understanding how to do that up until today, I must say. Yeah.
0: yeah, And that makes sense because a lot of us, especially as we get close to products or maybe we've been vegan for a while, like everyone's journey is a little bit different. And what they're exposed to, sometimes it just depends on where you were raised or, you know what I mean, that kind of thing. So maybe before we jump into the business and everything, let's give everyone just a quick overview, like what is Fun Sesame? What are the flavors? What are the options? And also, let's just break down tahini. Like, what is tahini <laughs> and why anybody who is watching, listening to this podcast today or in the future
1: should go out and get some immediately? Oh, you're so right. So I'm, I'm starting from the last and then going backward, if you don't mind. So tahini is the number one Middle Eastern I would say condiment. Some will call it like a saucepan, which is also a condiment, made out of sesame paste, lemon juice, and spices. And the reason you want to try and have and enjoy sesame paste on a daily basis is because sesame are just a phenomenal source of calcium, of protein, of a, a good fat. Right? There are like those type of things that us vegan need and have you know like sometimes sourcing them whether in capsules and stuff like that and for the other consumers who are just looking for I don't know even he he did good workout and he wants like a good amount of protein not just from an animal but just a good amount of protein even putting that you know in your smoothie and stuff like that sesame seeds are not just those sprinkles on your bun, right? They are yeah. a phenomenal yeah. thing to source, right? But on the same time, you need to know how to source them because they're a crop that usually grow either in China, Ethiopia, or uh, Mexico. And these places are not necessarily, you know, uh, either uh, good for yourself or the environment, the way that you crop them. Uh, but in general, sesame seeds, uh, they're little bit too bitter for insects so you don't need to spray them for the most part their their roots are very deep so you don't need to you know like the water that they're using is usually underground water or if it's from ethiopia that we're sourcing that it's from rain water right so it's also another aspect going to the environment and they fertilize Fertilize themselves, right? Because they're kind of like a wheat. They grow high, and then you have the seeds on the top. So, with the wind, they fertilize themselves. So you don't need, you know, other intervention. So that's all in all, you know, good for how we grow them and how is it that we treat the environment, and the soil around them. On the same time, they are just phenomenal source. Like I said, with protein, like just eight ounce of containers for the, our tahini, mm-hmm. it's almost sixteen grams of protein just for the sake of, yes. And, and I wanna say 20% of your calcium, similar amount of calcium as, as cream cheese, right? Mm. Um, if I'll give them to my kids to school, so you know, one, they won't spoil. The tahini will not spoil because of the sun, right? So uh, sun and dairy. And two, it's non-dairy. So it's another thing, you know, to our environment and love animals. Three, they have an amazing amount of those calcium and protein that we want them to uh, to source on um, a daily basis. And a lot of people are asking me, okay, tahini, of course, I, you know, I get it. I know what it is. It's something that I put in my hummus that I make and I say, mm, no, <laughs> because Tahini, when you say tahini in the Middle East, you mean like that paste, that sesame paste, that's in, in a form of sauce that you mix it with lemon juice and the spices. So we took like four different flavors. We have four different flavors. All of them has sesame paste and the real lemon juice coming uh, from local farms. But one of them is spicy, which is amazing. It's almost, you know, it's addicting. It's spicy, smoky. We use like very Middle Eastern. And my, my grandma, she's actually from Tunisia, so more of Africa, actually, spices, which is Arisa. It's like a, a beautiful blend. So that's a red tahini, very saucy, creamy. And then we have another one, which is more herby. It's real parsley, real mint, that we take them, we shred them, and we throw them into the each container, so it's green. Very, it's almost like... Um, and that's one of the things that I feel like people are just... Getting me, uh, it's almost like a vegan uh, scissor salad, right? It's creamy, it's lemon-y, you have the herbs inside, so you just toss it on a big head of lettuce and mix it all around as a good example, you know, to how to enjoy that, right? Like how to make your healthy fun. The third one is more yellow. It's turmeric and uh, za'atar, which is a type of thyme, so it's more earthy. You know, zaatar—it's another explanation and education by itself, right? Zaatar—it's a—it's mi- a blend, uh, which use in the Middle East. It's kind of like the everything but bagel, Middle Eastern style, right? So it's a mix of things that you just yes. throw on everything uh, <laughs> it's all together. So that's what we mix it with the tahini, and the last but not least is uh, our creamy lemon, which is the classic one. It's a little bit cumin, a little bit garlic, very soft and creamy, and na- amazing creamy layer on your sandwich. And like you see the pattern here, like that, similar to what you were asking me in the beginning, like how to use it, you basically just slap it on everything. You know that's kind of like how to use it. And sometimes that's that's a pro, and but also a cons for myself when I'm explaining because then a person just go lost. Like if you'll say, yeah, sometimes you know a person needs just one specific thing. What is it? Less? Yeah, a little bit more. <laughs> Be yeah. more focused. Okay, you have a sandwich, put it on the sandwich. You have a salad. put it next to the salad. As a vegan, you know, we love those Buddha bowls, right? Like with with some, um, I don't know, um, cauliflower, roasted cauliflower or quinoa and some, some, I don't know, uh, lentils and stuff. So you just slap the tahini and mix it all up together. So there are a lot of ways to really to enjoy them. For me and for the Middle Eastern people, you just have dinner, you just have lunch, you just have snacks, you put the tahini on the table. Some will spread, some will dip, some will drizzle, right? Just like each one, use it a different way. Yeah. And
0: I love that because I think, especially as vegans, you know, we're always looking for ways to kind of add a little bit of that flavor profile, you know, yeah. add kind of that, the goodness without kind of going, you know, making a hard turn towards the most unhealthy option in the world. <laughs> so. That's why I love the idea of what you're doing because it gives people, you know, an option. Like you said, if you're doing a bowl, if you're roasting some veggies and one thing that even popped in my mind when I was listening to you, especially with the holiday, recent holiday here in yeah. the U S is a lot of times when you have leftovers, when you reheat them, they don't always have the same punch when you first made them. But if you put some tahini on top of those leftovers, uh, that's a way to like, mm, you know, speak
1: my language. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Allow that, yeah. It it should enhance whatever you're eating. You're eating because you know we all know we should eat healthy, but you should have fun with it, right? You should have like not just munching on this carrot or just having the leftover because you know you don't want to throw the food away. But you can, you know, put any of the tahini, whether you like the color or you like the flavor, or you feel like something spicy, and mix it and 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 have fun with it. That's that was my goal and. For me, growing up, like I mentioned before, not having, you know, we were poor, but we were spoiled at dinner table. You know, my mom was doing middle, you know, Mediterranean style. What you see is what you eat, cut veggies, fresh veggies, and just tapping the tahini all over whatever we had, right? Whether it was a, just, a, you know, a salad or, or even even a soup, imagine that, like, you know, to make it a little bit more creamier.
0: Oh, it like, makes uh, sense. Just yes. like how people traditionally put like a... Like a milk or something like that in it. You could put yeah, the tahini like in the it. I love that milk. idea. Yes, yeah.
1: exactly. Exactly. So that's kind of like, you know, her two cents of a, a little bit more calcium, a little bit more protein or even more flavors, of course, uh, goes without saying. So okay. that was kind of like a, a, my way to to bring something for myself, you know, to the world. That's, that's kind of maybe my journey uh, mm-hmm. to bring something that I feel like it's so much resonate who I am. You know, there are, there are words in life that you, that's very, you know, that's very uh, emotional, like home, like mother, right? Mm-hmm. Like your own name, right? It, it brings a lot of emotions to, to you when you're mentioning or writing them down. So for me, and, and I found it fascinating for a lot of other people who are reaching out to us, it's the tahini, I swear. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it's not, it's I want to say at least three times a month we're getting response on Instagram or me communicating one face to face, and people say, "Tahini is life." Yeah, <laughs> like, if not yes. They say like, like I pour it on everything. Tahini is life. I you gotta have to like something more emotional than just oh I like this flavor or oh, oh I ate that with my French fries. It's more emotional thing, and. It feels like a good calling for myself to have, you know, that type of thing. We currently are the only one offering a line of tahini sauce, like a clean line of tahini sauce in the U.S. So Now, where
0: is it available? I'm just curious for people who maybe are listening, getting a little bit hungry,
1: (laughs) thinking (laughs) how do I get my hands on it? (laughs) Um, So we're mostly in the West Coast and natural stores in the West Coast like uh, Pavilions, Erewhon, Bristol Farms. Molly Stone's, Andronico's, an entire Safeway in Washington area, around 200 stores. Um, right. So in Washington, yes. And, but we also recently entered to the Michigan, um, Ohio, Chicagoland area mm-hmm. in Hynes, some specific Giant Eagle. You know, we're trying and we're working together with the stores that are not fully, you know, think that's. Like you want, they want to tiptoe. They want to kind of like yeah. test the water with their own customers who are looking for something. It's similar to those big stores who are trying to do a, a whole wall for vegan, right? Yeah. So you see those stores if they understand and speak the language, those things will have a variety of things. But there's some stores that are not necessarily you know understanding that type of language. So everything soy, right? Yeah. Or everything yeah. you know process vegan. So we're trying to tap into those natural stores in that area. So like I mentioned, we have Ians, we have some Chad eagle also. And um, in the East Coast, we have some stop and shop, union market. Um, okay. So we're trying to, to build our relationship with the naturals, with the foodies or vegans of the world, and then expand it a little a bit more um, to understand, yes, to understand where but uh, the rest of the locations are on the website. You know, it's pretty easy to locate. I was going to say, they could jump on the website.
0: Or if they want to get in touch, I mean, should they go to Instagram, send you a direct message, yeah. email you? What's the best way? And then maybe let's give them the social media handles and the website, just in case they're listening or going oh, to come back to memory. Fantastic.
1: So the website is com, right? It's funsesames with a plural. And similar to the uh, hashtag, like it's funsesames also, so they can find us there. We are mostly available on the other via the website, but mostly from the Instagram, you know, just uh, send us questions or, you know, just uh, your thoughts or idea. And we're pretty available as far as like, uh, it's often that we have someone say, hey, where can we find you in the Bay area? Or where can we find you? So we either answer them or reach out to a store that they are mentioning, right? that they want us to to be available at. So it's kind of like easier route for us to learn which stores can be relevant for us. Uh,
0: Yeah, that's huge. I don't think people realize how much power we have when we can reach out and say, hey, I'd love to have it in my store or my area and so forth. Not only does it help to know where to target, but be it's always nice to know you have a base or a couple of people on the ground that would immediately yeah. rush into the store <laughs> and, yeah. and buy the stock. That, <laughs> and, that helps a ton of businesses. And it helps, you know, a lot of us small businesses. So let's maybe talk about the ups and downs. Let's, let's give people a little bit of the behind the scenes, because I think for many of our listeners who are entrepreneurs or planning to be entrepreneurs, or maybe, you know, they're been doing a little bit and are ready to go big or make that next big leap. Yep. They love to hear kind of real stories about the ups and downs of running a business, about some of the things that have been setbacks and maybe ways that you've been able to overcome it. Do you have a story to kind of share with people on whether it was when you first started, you know, in that COVID kind of world that we all had to navigate, or even if it's been something recent, I just always love to kind of share some of those stories so that everyone can kind of relate and also yeah. realize that that's part of the journey, the, those, those kind of ups and downs.
1: Yeah, I have plenty, but we don't have enough time, <laughs> but the ups and downs, listen, even if you're bringing a ketchup, up, like, you know, I just love to say that because it's like a common thing. But you have a, t- a little tweak to it. You need an education. You need to, pe- to give the people the the reason to stop at the store and and you know and grab your ketchup versus others. So imagine the tahini, right? Like to have the ability to let people know, hey, I'm in that area in your store. Hey, please try us. And hey, you know what? Our tahini is a little bit more premium because we don't do any preservatives or or a concentrate. So you want to ask that person also to invest maybe like a dollar more than the usual uh, uh, tips. So that's that. And uh, it happened to us in the East coast that we've grown in a lot of natural stores and then came a big, a big store and say, Hey, like, let's talk. And we spoke with them and, you know, and we got the chance to, uh, to know each other already. Stephanie, I was all excited that it's a tahini, you gotta, you know, you gotta love that, my personal story and kind of like share with him. And he, this person loved the tahini. He tried it, he brought it to his 160 stores, but you know what? The consumers weren't ready. Like they were, they bought it. Some of them bought it uh, repeatedly, but not enough because we're a perishable item, right? It's not like it's paste sitting in the the store. It has like two months shelf life, but that's it. It was not moving enough. And on top of that, don't forget when you have a new product, you've been compared to the product that are already being on the shelf, right? So for me, they compare me to the other harnesses, right? So, or the other spreads that are already moving, that are already happening, that guess what? They have a little bit more money than myself. Like, the several of the world, right? Like, you know, yeah, they're big brands that have, yeah. Those big brands that has, you know, people around them and, and, and social media around them. So I'm saying that not because uh, I forget, like to bring uh, the notion to uh, someone who's thinking about it. Uh, I'm not saying forget about it. Right. But I am saying like sometimes an opportunity that is almost 200 stores when you feel so confident, and you know your product will succeed. And it it takes more than that. And even if the buyer, even if the person who's you know opening the the door to the door to to his door or which whoever type of business is believing you, it takes time. You, you need to have some type of expectation with him or with yourself, and it takes time. And we're we're slowly shifting towards more you know, more movement in that store. But currently I feel awful because it's not similar to the other coastal that are moving fantastic, thankfully, or for people who understand, pass by City Hini and they know what it is already, right? So I want to say that's kind of like up and down for me. I like to look at that as a big journey to understand that you, you sometimes have phenomenal opportunities and those opportunities comes for you to learn that they weren't, you know, they weren't in the right time. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And sometimes they're just learning experiences. Like the door has to be open so you can be there. So you can educate. So you have the opportunity. And, you know, when those opportunities arise, sometimes, you know, many of us will wait, we'll say, Oh, wait a minute. I want to wait until it's perfect. I want to wait until it's this, I want to wait until it's that. And then they sit on the sidelines as opposed to being, a little bit brave at times to say I'm going to jump all in because yeah. knowing that yeah it may do well in some stores maybe not in other stores but understanding that that's part of the journey that's part of the process and being patient enough to you know work your way through those sales I think is is key and I think it's key for all businesses I think it's hard for us as entrepreneurs sometimes to bring a little bit of patience to the party
1: Ugh, yeah patient <laughs> and I'll tell you like on top of that. If you will ask me in a year from now, will you do that same mistake, quote unquote, again to enter when you're not ready? I would say yes, because like you said, it's part of, you know, what I'm learning. It's just that budget wise and well, when you're starting a new company, you need to have budget. I would be cautious, maybe a little bit more cautious. But on the same time, no, it's part of what I'm learning and how I'm getting feedbacks because otherwise I wouldn't know, right? Yeah. So we're trying to, so right now, when I'm reaching out to those big stores, I'm trying to understand what's their expectation. I'm trying to put and set my own expectation. And I'm trying to, you know, whether to build a small uh, micro-influencers community around that, um, to new stores that we're getting. But at the same time, I'm learning, okay, don't jump straight to those Thousand stores uh, chains, even though I don't have the patience, like you said, as, as entrepreneur, like, what do you mean? Like, everyone should have a tahini on a daily basis uh, tomorrow, right? Yes. <laughs> but no, it takes time. And you know, uh, imagine if you remember those days where no one knew what Thomas is, right? No one yes. knew what kimchi is, right? Kimchi, yes. which I have today, I have kimchi on a regular basis in my refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's like multiple
0: options now. Before yeah. it was just one yeah. pushed all the way to the back.
1: <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> yeah, so but that's what I, like maybe I'm trying to do with the tahini, that being as really a staple in the Middle East, just something that you use on a daily basis as a condiment. So my goal is, you know, my end goal is to have the tahini be the cleanest condiment in every household right? So the cleanest mean, that's my brand promise, you know, all, always have no preservatives, fresh ingredients, a condiment, meaning some something that people will use on a daily basis and more often than just when they're having a falafel ball, <laughs> right? And in every household, meaning for everyone, right? Whether you're doing workout, whether you're, you know, elder couple, whether you're kids, whether you're students, it should be available to everyone, on a daily basis so that's kind of like three layers that i'm trying to build and it's hard because it's a big goal and maybe to adapt entrepreneurs out there just put it on a you know a, some somewhere in front of you but it's a long walk right it's step by step it's a long, yeah, it's a to long walk and there was it's like a roller coaster because one few days you get You know, people saying, hey, I'll try your tahini. I won't tell you I'm number one fan. And the other day there was like someone who's mentioning that he he opened the tahini and he he didn't like the flavors. Like that's only on the end customers. But then comes a big store and saying, hey, we want to try you to bring you over. And then another store saying, hey, like you're not moving fast enough. Can you give us some promos? So there'll always be ups and downs, ups and downs and maybe one of the tricks is just to be grateful step-by-step step with things that you are already have and already accomplished. That's uh, one of one of the reason I've, I called fun sesames, fun sesames, you know, kind of like to remember to have fun about that, not just to move, 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 push, push, push. Right.
0: Yeah. Cause as advertisers, <laughs> we can get real serious and get all down to the business as they say. So one other thing, I know we're going a little bit over at our time, but one thing that we talked about kind of before we start our session, and we also have kind of in the title of this is about being kind of a woman founder, about running a business as a woman. Do you want to give people maybe some perspective on, you know, how do you see it differently? And why do you even think maybe we should have more women entrepreneurs, especially for anyone out there who's on the fence or anyone who's watching this and they're like, should I do it? And you know, both of our yes. answers are probably going to be yes. <laughs> but if you can give more perspective on that, I think that so, would be great.
1: So just this Sunday, uh, I go to a farmer's market and every Sunday, and I know all the farmers and they're great friends. One of them was asking, hey, how's business? And I told him, he's, it's going great. We actually entered to, um, to Michigan area. And he says, oh, your husband is traveling and going around and bringing and the business to other places. I'm like, no, my, that's not, no, that that's me who's doing it. So that was like a biased assumption from him, you know, not mm-hmm. like he knows me for a while now, right? I don't think he was underestimating me, but he was underestimating me in a sense. So I think as a woman, this is a card that if you know how to use and play with, it's important because for the most part, it's like a surprise card. You know, when someone is not expecting you to do and to push and succeed and to follow up and, and to be, you know, maybe a little bit pushy, but at the same time to to know, tell someone, no, not anymore, because maybe uh, they're type it like, you know, more of a, a male, I don't know, things to do. So you want to, you take
0: yeah, because sometimes we mix up those roles. We make it sound like certain roles are female and certain roles exactly. are male. And, you know, I think it's so important that we break up some of those yeah. biases. And I think sometimes it's good for people to see it because even as, you know, younger women, you know, as kids, you know, as I think of my nieces, you know what I mean? Like, I want them to see me in those kind of roles so they know they can be those exactly. too.
1: Yeah. Me having the three kids two boys and one girl I feel grateful for showing them hey you know mom can do that yeah that is doing one thing but you know what mom is also here and I'm going enrolling and my daughter is going with me to do demos in stores and she has already you know got her pitch and she sees me how am I uh, pushing and the boys are also seeing me so you're right yeah to be a role model and to show yeah you know, it's. You're a woman, and maybe the assumption will be that uh, you know you should roll with the flow or stuff like that. But no, take advantage of that and say, "Yeah, I'm a woman," and show that you can be compassionate, but at the same time, you can you know have your balance and to say, "No, I'm not. I'm not okay with that." And um, I want to say, it's sense sometimes is it's, a, it's a more of a surprise. Take that into advantage of, and use that even more, you know, helpful as a woman entrepreneur, right? Because as an entrepreneur in general, unless you have tons of money and investors and stuff like that, eh, people, you know, just on the fence looking at you and see how it goes. But as a woman entrepreneur, it's even like, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's,
0: it's definitely interesting how people start cutting their eyes and like, mm, well, we'll see. And I'm like, mm, we'll see. Where's that? You know, why aren't you my cheerleader? (laughs) You know, you should be in my corner. Absolutely, absolutely. So as we wrap up today's session, because I know I'm having (laughs) so much fun, but I do want to try to keep these, you know, you know, not too, too long so everyone can, you know, jump in and out as they're listening to these. I always love um, for my guests to maybe provide some advice for anyone out there who's either struggling, anyone out there who's feeling a little bit, Like maybe it's not time for me to do this, or maybe they just got some difficult slash constructive feedback about their business. Because, you know, for many of us, things can happen that can dampen that dream. You know, like you talked about that dream of, you know, being in stores and homes, you know what I mean? So forth. And sometimes we can lose our way. And I think it's helpful to hear maybe from others on how do you keep the sun shining, you know on you how do you keep that fun in the business that you talked about you know despite the fact that there will be some bad news some days but there's always kind of that you know glimmer of hope on the other on the other side of the horizon so
1: uh, two things which i would love to share if you are listening to that right now and you have an idea and you don't know how to start just start right just sleep last at night if you have to stay to keep your day work, just start. And don't be afraid of sharing your idea because someone might steal it. It takes a lot from taking one idea to you know to the next level and really do something about it. So do that, really just start. You need to tweak it, you need to change it. Look at so many other brands who change their packaging and even their own name, right? Uh, but they started, they realized they you know they need to change it only after they started that, so just start and if you feel like and if you see yourself putting a lot of time towards that during the night because it really drives you and it really gives you joy, even though you slept for two hours, that's your calling right that's mean that you need to do that, so try to balance your life, of course, but on the same time that's a big, you know, sign that you're doing something that you love, that your body kind of like giving you the entire energy towards to do that. So that's maybe one of the things that I want to say. And the other thing is, like you said, to have fun, because if you look at that as a journey, and that's what I'm always trying to look at things, you know, in, in my life as a journey, not right, not just, oh, this story, yes, this story, no, et cetera, et cetera. If you look at that as a journey, it was really something that kind of like put you in perspective about your own life and about also others. So as long as you're finding yourself having fun in the long run, right, as long as you're finding yourself having more fun than stress, etc., it means that, you know, your journey is on the right path. And if not... Make some do something about it. I just got an, a, a text from a friend who was telling me, "Me and my friend are honoring you today and trying to do fun in everything we do." So it made my day. I'm like, "Wow, you know, that's really it." You know, because you don't need to go to Disneyland to have fun. You can just take, you know, few simple food, put like stay on the floor and have like a picnic with your family in the middle of the living room, something like that, right? So. Those are the simple things that uh, make our fun, our journey fun. So think about that and try to incorporate them a little bit more, maybe.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much. I obviously had so much fun Thank today you. just, you know, hanging out with you, talking with you. This has just been amazing. And I hope everyone who's been listening, watching, watching, no matter how you're consuming this today, whether it's on our podcast or if you're watching the video, I hope you had fun too. I'm so glad we had our guest here today, Tal Garden with Fun Sesame's. I just want to make sure everyone goes out there and whether you're in an area where you can grab some or if you just want to show some love, jump on Instagram, yes. you know, drop a direct message and just say hello because it does mean the world. To just know that everyone out there is, you know, there to support businesses, especially like yours, Tal, out there. And also support your dream of getting
1: um, tahini into all of our 100%. Appreciate you, Stephanie. You're doing something amazing. Thank you very much for the entire vegan mainstream team to put that together. I know how hard it is to have a consistent program with hosts and, and, you know, make these things uh, into life. So I appreciate you for doing that.
0: Oh, thank you. I appreciate you saying that. It's definitely a lot going on, but it is so much fun to be able to do this. And I get to meet such amazing people like yourself. So thank you so much for your time today. And thank you. Thank you, everyone. Whether you watched us live today, it's so, so wonderful to see folks. It's so wonderful to see the thumbs up and all that good stuff. Or if you're watching this as a replay, thank you for stopping by. I really hope you enjoyed today's interview and discussion, and I look forward to seeing you in the next. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Pivot, our vegan business interview podcast. This is recorded as a live streaming session, so I hope you'll join us for future interviews as well. We offer these interviews to help vegan entrepreneurs stay connected with the vegan business community. If you're interested in more in-depth insights or training, please consider subscribing to one of our premium podcasts, Going Solo or Fix It. Visit VeganMainstream.com to learn more or click on the links in the show notes.